All right, and rolling. We are hot. Hot. Mike, it's Fitz. Yeah. Year five? I want to say we said that last year. I think it's year six. Year six? Yeah, okay. Think. We don't age, though. No. You, do, you don't. Somehow I age like three years every year, and Fitz just looks continuously 40. Just don't look at my bald spot. <laughs> just don't stand behind him at a concert. <laughs> um, yeah, man. This is uh, one of my favorite things we do every year. Um, the Blowout Fantasy Football Podcast and Position Podcast Breakdowns, which I think is the most effective way to get the information out there by position. Um, so thanks for doing this. I think I enjoy this. I think I prepare more for this than I do my actual drafts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure it. everybody else is getting their drafts right. Yeah. I have, a, I have a weird wave of leagues I'm in now where I have two dynasty leagues, which are rosters have been finalized for god i don't know six weeks now two months and then i have two or super late uh bum ass leagues we're drafting like on the second and the sixth and one's the wild ass league always keep doing the wild ass five ppr league the and catch the, league is yeah, like the, ca- the catch yeah. league as you call it and then the uh the the missionary league with fox right although it got a little bit unmissionary when they added a fourth flex spot but they didn't make it a quarterback flex, so it's like sort of missionary. Did but that pass? Last year it did. Okay. Because we have a fourth spot. Now, we can start four running backs, basically, which is what it comes down to. I should know. I've won it the last two years. Yeah, it's like you can go two <laughs> running backs. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no shame in getting that in. <laughs> no, no, no. I would do the same thing. I've done that before, and I've, I've certainly made everybody aware of it. Yeah, I mean, you're pretty lucky I'm, I'm back doing this this year that I didn't retire. because. <laughs> or you thought you were too good for me. To... Well, yeah, exactly. i got to step up. If you're the smartest person in the room, find a new room, right? <laughs> like, if I just keep beating everybody that works at Fox or, or you just Valley. Keep taking, you keep taking their money. Yeah, just donations. It's my child's college scholarship fund now, so that's fine. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. I, we have to because you oh, are yeah. the proud father. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Of a newborn. Three months old today. And how does congratulations? And how Thank does you. how does this affecting your fantasy football studying time? Man, so I didn't finish my rankings before I came over, which is like the first time ever. I had three of the four podcasts we're going to do done, and we're going to work out wide receivers together. I think, which that's the one I need the less least prep for. Like I know what I want in wide receiver and how I'm going to approach it. But I man, it doesn't change a lot. Honestly, I did. I haven't been able to prep a ton the last couple of weeks because at home situations and I take some paternity leave because Jordan's supposed to be going back to work. Mm-hmm. 
But I also I listen to so many podcasts, and then I just crank up the YouTube if I'm watching the kiddo, and just let like five episodes of like PFF fantasy podcast or Rotoviz or something just play. So I feel like I'm as prepared as ever. But actual documents that it's all like in here. I'm the same way. It's, it's all just, up top. It's just resonating up in yeah. my brain, and I haven't really expressed it all. This is where I'm vomiting everything. Through. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so like in the past, I might have this spreadsheet, and then I'd have like sleepers my guys like these extra five columns like i just don't th- don't necessarily feel like i need it and i haven't had time to do it anyway so it hasn't it hasn't like short-circuited my prep in any way i'm still very much nerding out to five to ten fantasy football podcasts a week honestly mm-hmm. um across different channels like i'll do the cbs one fantasy football today just because i like the generic news reaction to travis Etienne. know your enemy you, know? you want to know what everybody yeah. else knows and, and feel exactly how they're reacting to it yeah the espn stuff might be dog shit but i want to know what dog shit everyone's eating like <laughs> i need to know i have i have actually avoided i don't think i've listened to one espn Maybe like oh. 30 seconds of it. I'm like, no, I can't listen to Stefania Bell tell me about <laughs> what she thinks about an injury this right, year. I'm just not right. gonna, I'm, I'm done with it. Because you've got to fight through 20 minutes of literally no football, no fantasy football talk yeah. at all. Yeah, to exactly. Get to anything. Oh, really, Stefania? You're going to inflate an injury? The importance of an injury? No way. No <laughs> way, huh? Yeah, I don't. I, it, it was fun being, well, one of our leagues, one of my dynasty leagues jumped from ESPN to Sleeper, which I don't know where all yours are anymore. I've got two on sleeper and then i'm like kind of coning one on sleeper and then yahoo is the other two now so i don't have any espn but being on espn for a couple of years in one of the dynasty leagues it was funny watching the shit that people would follow and like the trade evaluator which is just horrendous it is so bad kind of like a draft evaluator on yahoo yes yes exactly <laughs> if you get an a plus in your yahoo draft you're, you're last you're, you're getting your teeth kicked in bud but last year so last year i only did three leagues uh, you've got three or four, right? I am in three. I decided mm-hmm. to decline on the one that Chuck wanted us to get into. Which we can get you did. into later, but yeah, it was just it, it was a it was a May draft, I think it was. Yeah, and you were talking. You were mentioned something to me about it in March, and you sent me mm-hmm. the sleeper app, and I didn't know that it was a request to get in the league. I just yeah, I saw. I was like, my head is buried in March Madness and in in March, and mm-hmm. a lot of work going on at that. Just you know, up to my neck and, and work. And right. I just, I was like, okay, we'll get to it. I didn't realize it was going to be that early of a draft. And when it came around to, Hey, we need to know if you're in this league. It was like a week away. I was like, I just, I got to it or quickly look at the rules. I'm like, so it's a keeper league, but you can keep anybody. You can't just keep rookies, which is mm-hmm. one stipulation for me. If I'm going to play in a keeper league or any new league for that matter, I need it to be the right setup. And mm-hmm. that was one strike for me personally. And then, I think the other one was it was a snake draft, which I'm just I'm mm-hmm. never going to do another snake. Get into a new league that's not an auction league. No, I would tell this to anybody: if you haven't done an auction league and you're starting a league, try it, mm-hmm. and you can find ways to make it more efficient if you do it online or do it in person. But it's it is a fucking blast, and I would do it only do that for any other new league. So See, anyway, three people, leagues. People listening might think you're selfish, mm-hmm. but this is what I tell people. Same thing I tell people about Twitter. Instagram, whatever. It's your online experience. Do it however it brings you joy. Yeah. If you're committing to leagues you don't want to be in because it's a home league or a friend league or your buddy from college like started this thing, like if you're not going to be into it and it's going to be another thing you got to check on a fucking Sunday morning, don't do it. Don't commit to leagues you don't want to be in and be honest with yourself. Like I've done that where I've had like six leagues and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. I just actually started 
Deontay Foreman on accident. Like, what the hell is happening? You're losing track on, yeah, yeah what you need to know or, or free agents that you should be in on on certain teams where you're like, oh, I need mm-hmm. a running back in this league. Oh, wait a minute. What league? Oh, no. And I, you forget about it or you forget how much money you had in that league. And it's too many, to too many apps or platforms, too, is an issue, right? Yeah. Like, I like that two of my leagues are on Sleeper and two of them are on Yahoo. Um, whether or not the advice there is good or whether Sleeper kind of looks like a fucking like johnny rockets like play area or something yeah it does but two of my leagues are there that's good i only have two apps i gotta open whenever i'm going to add people and i can almost like do it within 10 seconds if i want to add uh the saints wide receiver guy that's popping up everywhere right callaway three clicks i can get back and forth on sleeper and do it my dynasty league if he's worth picking up so if you have three, if you have four, if you got something on ESPN, you got something on Yahoo, you got something on Sleeper, you got something on uh, Underdog Fantasy Sports, dude, you're just going to forget one of them. And you're going to cost yourself a week, and that might be the week that keeps you out of the playoffs, and it's just like... All that work and some of yes. the coin, and, yeah. it's, and it's, you're just kind of pissed off. Right, and don't play in free leagues either. Free leagues are what a waste of time absolutely that is. ridiculous. Um, the only other one I might add this year is a co-owned team with Chuck... That would be uh, fun to have a co-owned team, especially with a yeah. guy like Chuck, who's might be... I don't think I've ever actually met Chuck in person. Uh-huh. I apologize if I have. <laughs> in one year of playing with Chuck, I've never seen somebody so aggressive on the, on the, with free oh, agents. Yeah. Because it's, it's a free-for-all at Fox, which is another terrible thing about that league. Right. You can just go grab free agents at 3 a.m. if you want to <laughs> yeah. on Thursday. Well, mm-hmm. he's the guy that's doing that, and he's doing yep. it like literally every night. Yep. And yep. it's, it's annoying to be in a league with a guy like that because you're never going to beat him. He knows about all of it. He's, all, he's, he's on top of it. And you yep. have to, wow, that's a hard one right there. But, uh, but having that guy at, as, your, as your ally, that's, that's, we, that's great. We don't see like perfectly eye to eye on like, the player pool, on just like the talent evaluation side of it. But it is great having a co-owner that's like always on top of shit that'll like send a text, just be like, hey, do we want to pick up this guy? Like, did you see what happened there? Um, and we're going to... I think we're going to jump into an FFPC league, which is the league where you can win like half a million dollars. It costs a little bit. I'm not paying for the majority of it. <laughs> How many teams are in this thing? Uh, I don't remember the breakdown, but it's a lot like Scott Fishbowl, where it's like a bunch of bunch of teams against each other, and if you win it, you there's like breakdowns of money, right? Um, but it's like let's say fifteen hundred bucks a team, so it's it's big money. How do you draft with that many? Teams in there. I think you're within a division, right? Okay. Yeah. So you like play your league division, like twelve. These twelve teams play against each other, and then you kind of jump or whatever. There's a lot of doubling. When you get to the playoffs, you're probably playing a slot. Yeah. Yeah. Cross yeah. them out. Oh, exactly. Like this guy's got Saquon too, because Saquon's had a good year, and if you had Saquon, you advance, right? Like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So yeah. it's like it's a lot of win percentages, like just edges on win percentages on guys and things like that. But yeah, so we don't we disagree on a lot of players. But I think it does bring out like harder and more honest evaluations on guys. Because if he sees something and he keeps drafting this guy on all his teams, I mean, I'm in like three leagues with Chuck, so I know. Like <laughs> I these are these are your guys you keep picking up, and I'm like, bud, that's gonna hurt you. You're gonna really regret taking Odell Beckham over and over and over and over. I promise. Off of a torn ACL. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I don't know at that value, and I'm like, I don't know if there's a value I'd take him that isn't like. 12th round. Like, honestly, there's just... There's he's, just he's a guy guys. I sort of changed my tune on. I was like, I, I've been all excited about him. He's been rising. I'm like, yeah, it's great. I'm like, wait a minute. He is off a torn ACL. And that's one thing I rarely, if ever, do is draft a guy off a torn ACL, especially at age 28, I mm-hmm. think he is. So. When's the last time he was good? 
<laughs> and he's a pain in the ass, but right. he, he, we know the talent he's capable of having, but off the torn ACL, yeah. um, not going to do it if, if, unless, it's, unless it's basically free. Yeah. There's, it, it's hard to pinpoint exactly. I don't want to say it's like three strikes with guys, but there is, I can talk myself into dude if there's like these two giant question marks, but he's got the opportunity. Or he's got, uh, he's on the best offense in football. Or if, you know, some things will just outweigh. And it's really hard to pinpoint. Sometimes I need to just write it down and just be like, I'd assign a six to this. I'd assign a three to that. But I, I have this math that's constantly going on in my head of, okay, yeah, maybe he hasn't done it before. But it's a new team, you know, and I kind of like balance that out. And it just, the fulcrum just kind of slides and slides back. When you're staring at the rankings. Yeah. That's how you're like, do I raise this guy over this guy because of X? Right. But altogether it is like each dude I'm looking at, I'm doing this as it's happening, right? Like Odell Beckham Jr., I'm like, okay, is this entirely hype? Is this entirely old Giants fans or guys that had him that one year he blew up as like a seventh round pick? We're still addicted to the Odell Beckham Jr., and that's the guy that's always taking him in the seventh round. Hey, remember that catch that he made with the bear with the one Right, and then he fucks up ADP. ADP gets so out of whack, no one's actually taking him in the eighth. It's only people taking him in the seventh or sixth or tenth, right? And your scatter plot just looks like a fucking mess, but it lands on, he's the 85th player. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not. (laughs) There's There's like two too many question marks, right? He hasn't done it in three years. ACL always injured, and on a team that does not throw the football enough to sustain a wide receiver one in fantasy. Done with it. Rule that guy out. Take him off the sheet. And that's my number one tip. I'll say it again this year. Your player pool does not need to include every player. It doesn't need to, it doesn't need to be as narrow as maybe half, but find the guys that you have no interest in taking unless they fall three rounds and mark those motherfuckers off. Take them straight off. Because if they're in the draft room and they're still at the top, it's going to be obvious. If you're four rounds later on a dude and he's still sitting at their top of the draft room, you're going to know. Yeah, and it's basically if, if I would do that after like the, f- the first 40. Like anybody after 40, I'm looking down there and I don't like, I'm, I just know I'm not going to draft them. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of the guys you can mark off. Now, anybody in the top, let's say top 40 running backs, there's potentially a point in round 15 that yeah. I might look at him and be like, okay. I right. mean, why not? Right. What if he what if he is that, you know, and there's a few of those guys that could be league winners, like mm-hmm. you have to really ask yourself that question anytime you draft anybody, but especially late. Mm-hmm. That should be what you're looking for. Yeah, there's dudes that I'll mention. There's my guys this year and then there's box guys, which is comes from what actual teams do whenever they go into a draft. If a guy has a, a weapons charge or likes to hit women or, you know, has three knee injuries that didn't necessarily get reported by everybody, but you know this information, you put him in the box. Undraftable. Untouchable. And unless you get to a point where it's just, okay, Zeke's there in the third. Yeah. Well, I have to, like, break my, my entire mold of how I want to build this team and move forward because I can't pass in this value. And if... Everyone says value, and to me, it's always about, it's not about, like, numbers, and I got this guy five guys after his pick. It's when you're done with the draft, can you look at your team and go, I have no business with a team being this fucking stacked. 
That's what value is to me. It's not about, I beat the ADP by this number, and Yahoo really likes my grade. It's do you get to the end of the draft, and you're like, every one of my starters I'm comfortable with, and I have two bench guys that are really, really good. Here's an example. I had uh, did my auction draft, and I already had two stud running backs, um, like Gibson and Chubb. Mm-hmm. And then I end up, I was bidding with this guy. And, you know, I'm, I'm about to the point where I'm probably already spent about 40% of my budget. And Austin Eckler comes up, who I... I like, but I don't love. He is in my, he's in this, basically, I don't play in any PPR leagues, mm-hmm. not to this point anyway, <laughs> until we change the rules in Fox, apparently. But uh, <laughs> I just don't love him. I like his situation good enough, but he's just not somebody I'm in love with. My whole point was this one guy didn't have any running backs, and I got caught price enforcing, mm-hmm. which can happen in an auction league. And it was still a discount. It was mm-hmm. a discount to what I had, I had slotted him way, 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 you know, more expensive than he was going but when I got done and he called his name out, I was pissed and I like, I don't want him. So that, then I just sat on it. Mm-hmm. I just sat on my money and I didn't I didn't pick up a guy for two hours in the auction, and I still had more more money left over when I started going back in on these late round guys. And in an auction, like Allen Robinson was still on the board after three hours. Adam Thielen was still on the, got both of those guys as my like number two and number three receivers. Like I, Devontae Smith, like I'm stacking up all these guys that people are just forgetting about because they've already spent all their money. And so just like what you said, I was pretty pissed I had Austin Eckler, even though he's going to be my flex. But That's I got great done. flex. I got done, and I looked at my draft board. I'm like, holy shit, my team's really, really good, mm-hmm. partially because I also waited yeah. on a quarterback. Yep. Which is <laughs> which rule, rule one. I, I can't imagine that's going to change maybe ever on this podcast, and no. I would say for sure not, not this year it's going to change. No, absolutely not. The things that stand out to me biggest this year, um, well, in the last couple of years, is – there are so many good wide receivers that some of the teams are getting ruined because they have three awesome wide receivers on it. Cowboys, Steelers, Dolphins are all about on the same level, right? Like, if you can split that hair in the Dolphins and find the guy that you really believe in, Jalen Waddle, which I do, yeah, then that's the one, but he's getting watered down because people can't split that hair. And the same thing with, like, uh, zero or not zero? Be the running back dead zone. I'm sure you've heard this, right? That like rounds four through seven, brutal running backs never hit. Well, except for this guy, because I always pick the right fucking one. You got to pick the right one. Yeah, and it's the hard part, and it's not easy to look at and be like, I want this guy. I want uh, Javante Williams mm-hmm. uh, in the fifth. I've never seen him do it before. Is yeah. he going to be able to with Denver and now Teddy Bridgewater waters the quarterback? How's this offense going to be? You know, are they going to be able to put up enough production where he's comfortable drafting? And is he going to out? Is he really going to play more than Melvin Gordon? Those are the hard ones. Mm-hmm. It's it's about evaluating, and, it, and it, there is a major dead zone right there we yeah. just talked about, and it's, it's it's about well, what's the upside, and what in like a guy like Melvin Gordon is he going to ever win your league this year? No, but he could start the first month for you. He could. Like, I, I like, I want to, if I do the right build, if I do hero, hero RB, or if I'm just slamming wide receivers and tight ends first four or five rounds, and I don't have an RB2 yet, and Javante comes up in the sixth, I'm going to take Javante. Seventh, I'm going to take Melvin Gordon. And I'm going to back it up, and I'm going to have an RB1 one way or the other. It's just going to be in phases of the season. I don't think you're going to get those guys. Well, you might get Melvin Gordon that cheap. I don't think you're getting Javante. You could, but I don't think you're going to. Where's he going? He's going 65 right now, which is RB28. 
Um, yeah, he's going on the fifth round on Fantasy Football Calculator. Okay. On Fantasy Pros, he's 65 as of right now. After Chase Edmonds, after Mike Davis. So he's the next one, right? Um, that's been a strategy of mine for a little bit, which is if I want to go – and it's all about where you end up picking. If I'm in the early half of the first and I'm on PBR League – Running back still makes a lot of sense. From the second half of the first, wide receiver, you've got to go wide receiver in a PPR. Um, it just starts. <laughs> you got you got to have one of the top five wide receivers. You just do if you're in a PPR in the later, later half of the first. The question this year, the tough question is to ask yourself now, tight ends are becoming sort of, they were now a thing where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you have to do this now because Travis Kelsey just fucked the market up last year. Oh, my God. And now I'm like, okay, do I really want Darren Waller at the end of the second round? Is he really that good? Is he really going to repeat this year? Yeah. He's good, but like you talk about the pop year. I think, I think the way to play that tight end, and we'll do a whole section on it, is take whichever one of Waller or Kittle um, slides to the third. And then if second that doesn't... seems a little too hot. It's too much. That's too much, dude. You need another player in there. You need another. You need a second round player in that range. And there's a lot of good ones. You know, yeah. The first two rounds are really. I'm not. There's not as much vomiting as I did last year at, at the end of the second round that mm-hmm. I had la- that I had last year. I actually really like anything that comes back to me if I'm picking those early rounds. It's pretty safe. All all of them. I mean, there's so many good top end receivers this year. Oh yeah, and then for tight ends, I'm actually comfortable with I think the top six. I'm assuming you have Kyle Pitts in that top six. Yeah, Pitts is in the top six. I'm not as crazy on Kyle Pitts as a lot of people. Um, um, but this is this I is go what back you, and forth. He's like the most polarizing player. Oh, one hundred percent. But this is what you do: you go position by position, you figure out the point in this list of players where your mind starts, your spidey sense starts going, "Fuck that! Fuck that! Fuck that! I can't start this guy. I will." be grinding on this I, all i will do is spend the entire year trying to upgrade this guy yeah and if you know that in the in your heart that that's what you're probably mm-hmm. going to be doing don't feel afraid to go stock up at another position that yep. you're already loaded at even if you need to yep yep because you got to make the points up somewhere that's exactly and, right or even if, if you and, and you know and this is the hard part for guys like us where it's like okay i don't really like what's going on at the other positions and there is kyler murray sitting there around mm-hmm. too late it's you know, if, 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 if the deal is right, like Lamar in the Yahoo League last year mm-hmm. in our Fox League, Lamar Jackson fell to me the third round, mm-hmm. right? Michael Thomas fell to me in the second round, yeah. like, which is insane. Like, he was the 18th pick overall. Mm-hmm. Of course, anybody that paid attention to fantasy football knows that, that killed my team last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah, you were done. <laughs> but, but, like, when you don't, you don't expect the number one overall wide receiver who's going, like, six overall in some of these drafts to fall to you at 18. And, it was, yeah. and at, looking at my draft, I'm like, I just fucking robbed this draft. Yeah. I did. But then, you know, anything can happen. You can get screwed. Oh, you can do everything right, and it cannot yeah. matter. Like, yeah. that's, that's – another tip I'll give everyone is I'm going to use Mark Andrews. As the example. Keeps falling. Keeps falling. But also a dude that I had George Kittle. I traded Kittle for Andrews and maybe like a first or a second or something. And it was just a, I'm going to get off Kittle because he gets hurt every year. I've owned him and I've watched it. Me having to scramble for fucking Gronk and shit like that (laughs) to get to the title game. And I want to get off Kittle before he gets that one big injury um, in, the di- in his Dynasty League. Dynasty mm-hmm. League, right? So I dump Kittle, 
get Andrews, who is ranked as a top five tight end, who is really good. But you got to know yourself and know that I'm just going to sit there and stare at Mark fucking Andrews for a month and go, God damn, I wish that was Darren Waller. I really wish that was Darren Waller. How do I get from Mark Andrews to Darren Waller? And within about two weeks, I got from Mark Andrews to Darren Waller. <laughs> and I got Darren Waller. So know if there's a guy that you add. If you're, if you're a tight end guy, if you're a, I need a running quarterback guy, and you're just going to grind on this position, it's going to bother you in your roster for months or two months, especially Wait, in Dynasty, yeah. particularly in Dynasty. Wait for that player to have a shit week. Yeah, yeah. Just know if you're going to be driven crazy by this guy. Just know. Just know if your flex is sitting there and your your flex is, let's see, your flex is fucking Zach Moss. And you're going to sit there and go, man, I wish I had something better than Zach Moss. I wish I did. You're going to start sending out trades that are probably a little reckless, that are probably not exactly proper value. And the first good week that that guy has, you're going to start shopping him. And sometimes that's right when they start taking off. <laughs> I unloaded... Drew Locke last year, mm-hmm. after he had those two comeback games where they still lost, but he ended up having like 30 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks, mm-hmm. and I dumped him, and I got David Montgomery, mm-hmm. and it was perfect. Yeah. Like, David Montgomery killed it, and he also yeah. threw me Cole Beasley, who wasn't bad either, but like, that, that made me, in, that got me to the playoffs. Yeah. Because I knew that there was some sucker out there in our league who didn't have a quarterback, mm-hmm. and in that particular league, there's a lot of suckers, but I'm like, David Montgomery <laughs> has a cake schedule yeah going down the stretch and Tariq Cohen's right. gone and I know I can I know I can probably get him by not giving up too much if you just you just have to have the right moment where you get a guy you know is probably not you don't value him high but all of a sudden he spikes mm-hmm. and he gets the attention of these other owners and right now that's where you, they it's it's one thing to see a guy on the when you're on the outside and you're mm-hmm. not following him and you go whoa this guy's really good man that's one of those things like coming to this year you're like you if you own a guy, you probably either over or undervalue him than the rest of the market does. Right. One of the other ways because mm-hmm. you sat through it the entire year. Like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, yep. if you owned him last year, you're probably not drafting you're him not this year. You're not touching him. You're not. But I, I mean I look I look open, I'm like, okay, their offensive line's going is crazy good. Mm-hmm. And that right there is why they lost the Super Bowl. And then what do they do? They they, they, they were shitty last year and they upgraded major this year. And all they did in the red zone was throw the ball because they couldn't run the ball. Yep. And it wasn't because of the running backs. It was mm-hmm. because their line sucked. Yep. Well, what does that tell you? Chances are they're going to run the ball more in the red zone this year, or in the, you know, in the green zone, I guess. Right. It's in redraft specifically. You'll get to the end of the second, and that's probably the time that Clyde Edwards-Alaire should go. But the guy that, has, that hasn't drafted a running back yet is the guy that also owned him last year. And so he slides into the middle of the third, and you're like, why the fuck is this guy here? And it's there's guys like that. J.K. Dobbins. The, rookies are great examples. Rookies are such good examples. And that's why second-year wide receivers are always a cheat code. Just always a cheat code, especially in PPR leagues specifically. But across fantasy, they're the most undervalued as asset. If you just take every, If you just went into every season and took the second-year wide receivers to fill out your wide receiver core, if you could do it, you would probably be in the Final Four every year because they deliver nonstop, dude. Because people will look at it and go, man, 800 yards isn't that good for C.D. Lamb. Like, that's kind of whatever season. He didn't, he didn't finish in the top 20, you know. I don't know if he's that good. They always spike. 
the great ones bike do. year two. Yes. The great ones do, yes. And the, the, the great ones are 800 yards plus, which doesn't look great right. on paper. Whenever you draft them way overhyped, whenever you pull a Jamar Chase and start taking him in the sixth round and he only gets 800 yards and seven touchdowns for you, and you're like, shit, that wasn't that good. Right, right. Next year he falls off, right? It's fantasy zombie. That's what it is. It's, it's the guys that have been, you kick dirt all over them, and they're buried because they only gave you 800 yards and seven touchdowns, and they didn't pull a Justin Jefferson. What the hell? You're not any good. The second-year wide receiver is the most undervalued asset. The third wide receiver, football. we always expect it because it, it is yeah. a thing. And, it, yeah. and it's, the good wide receivers typically will spike that year. But like you said, I think it's – you're right. The great wide receivers are the ones that they – because the next year, now the cat's out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Third year, you've got to pay out your ass for them. Yeah. Like next year, you're going to pay way too much for Brandon Ayuk. It's just going to happen. This is going to be – <laughs> Who knows what Brandon Ayuk's going to be with with the mixed matching of quarterbacks he's going to have? But yeah, I don't know how to feel about that one. We can talk about Niners in a little bit, but and Trey Lance is fun to watch, but not good. Like I don't know what he is because he hadn't faced it. That seen, worried that worried me about Kittle too. I was like, does this dude only make the plays that take six seconds, like Justin Fields? You know, like Justin Fields hold, holds on to the ball for four seconds, four seconds. If you're not... He looks like Cam Newton a little bit, running. A lot of Cam Newton. A lot of Cam Newton going on there. Not the stereotype, but, but he's also faster than Cam Newton. Dude is and awesome. He's, and he's the best quarterback the Bears have had in a little while. Right. And so, as a guy that acquired Allen Robinson in my Dynasty League, I'm a little worried that Justin Fields can't throw a fucking route on time, ever. And the only time Allen Robinson's going to get the ball is on busted plays. And, yeah, and it's a... He's having to actually go out there and call his own plays, which he didn't have to do at Ohio State, and that's saying that. And in that offense, mm-hmm. that Nick, Nick Foles couldn't figure that out, right? You know, and, and it's that's what's kind of scared me. I'm like, this is going to be this. This is again, but Allen Robinson has also proved it with all the shittiest quarterbacks. So, oh yeah, you know, he's worth taking a shot on this year. Um, at some point, I want you want to get to the offensive line ranks. You want to? Yeah, that? we can jump into that. But I was gonna, I got to a thought earlier and uh, bailed on it because we started talking about something else, but. Three leagues last year, finals in every single one. <laughs> oh, let me, I forgot about what I wanted to mention. Wanted to, I wanted to remind people why you're listening to us. <laughs> three leagues last year, finals in all three. One, two of them. So you're lucky I'm back this year. I didn't just retire from fantasy football forever and say, thank you for my money. I'm going home. See y'all later. Have fun with this shit. I took all your money again. What was your most, con- the, the player that was on, did you have one that was on every roster? Uh, Will Fuller was on a lot. I had Will Fuller in almost every every team. Um, and then, obviously, he got suspended later. But he led me, starting Will Fuller in your flex for about six weeks there, you'd go 6-0. and um, There were... James Robinson. He was on a lot of those. James Robinson was in one. Uh, was in crazy PPR league and catch league. Um, which, story about that one. Week one, five... Five points per reception in this league. So just think of how that skews the board. Naeem Hines goes out there and catches like nine passes. I spend like half my budget on Naeem Hines. Everyone in the league is, the fuck are you doing? Like, dumbest thing I've ever seen. On the sneak, I also added James Robinson for like ten bucks. Week one. As a free agent. End up getting second place in the league because of James Robinson. So... 
strike week one or two. Spend all of your fab week one or two if you want to. Yeah, it's a really good lesson. Like Detroit wide receivers this year, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be paying attention to what happens in week one. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, Monroe St. Brown kind of looks like he might be the guy. Just looking at him preseason, but Mm -hmm. who fucking knows? Yeah, exactly. Uh, What's the? They got one of the Quez guys, not Quez Watkins, but uh, yeah, he's in Philly. The other Quez, (laughs) another guy we call Quez. The Quez in Detroit. I mean, Detroit is it's a bunch of no name dudes. Yeah, is it Rashad Perryman as well? Rashad Perryman is definitely there. Who could catch five balls a game, and that wouldn't be crazy. None of these guys are being. I don't think any of them are going to top eight rounds. Let's see. Uh, Tyrell Williams is a big sleeper. Quez Cephas, that's the other one. Quintez Cephas. Um, Khalif Raymond, Rashad Perryman, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, yeah, is- one of those dudes is going to have 20 catches through the first three weeks. It's just going to, you're not going to like it. It's not going to be fun, but you've got to be a dirty motherfucker and find value. Detroit overall is super interesting to me. Like, people don't want to take Detroit Lions. Dude, I'm in on Swift. And Hawkinson. I, yeah, I was I was curious what you're going to think about Detroit. Like if they had a if they had a shitty offensive line, which we're about to get to, I would not care about any of them. I wouldn't even I wouldn't one. even look at. They got a really good offensive line, yes. man. It's really good. And people shit on Jared Goff because he's like a jugs machine. Like he catches the ball and he can't move. And if the th- shit's not on time, like he's getting sacked. Like he's not a great quarterback. But who just produced Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby? Gerald Everett for five fucking years. Like, the dude can get the ball out of there. He just runs an offense on time. He doesn't do any other shit, so you can't go in a Super Bowl with him. I, I wonder how long it's going to take for Vegas to catch up, or the public mm-hmm. to catch up to these smaller lines, because I get a feeling that Vegas knows that they're going to be better than everybody is giving him credit yes, for. Yes, they'll be fine. They're going to be fine. I mean, it's, they're going to be like four wins fine, four or five wins fine. They're not going to be the worst team we've ever seen. DeAndre Swift, everyone's like, ah, well, he didn't do it last year with the carries and didn't, you know, he gets hurt. And oh my God, Jamal Williams. Like, we're making Jamal, Jamal Williams. Williams. We're making yeah. Jamal Williams a fucking thing. Are you kidding I'm me? I'm not worried about that at all. If I'm, if I'm, dra- if I'm looking at Swift, yep. Jamal Williams is not on my mind. It doesn't right. even factor in. Right. They're going to tilt run whenever the game script is applicable because it is Dan Campbell yeah. and it is Anthony Lynn. So they're going to use the shit out of their running backs. And you know what's going to happen in the fourth quarter? They're going to be down by 10. And they're going to throw fucking swing passes out of the backfield to DeAndre Swift or Tyler Ho- or TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, and Theo Riddick is not on the roster anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's been gone for two years. Dude, the DeAndre Swift like being like running back 20 is just insane to me. I've got him higher than that. Like he's To me, he's like the same level of prospect as Najee Harris. And people have Najee Harris like five players above him with a way shittier offensive line. Uh, yeah, Najee, he's a very polarizing. He's top five polarizing guy for me. Yeah, but he's also semi safe because of the volume. But we'll mm. we'll get into all that, and we might even talk each other in in or out of one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, since we touched on it, I want to go ahead and jump into this offensive line. If you're cool with that, yeah, go for it. So we every year we you know bring to you this uh, top the consensus offensive line, the top. You know, from start to finish, one of 32 best and worst offensive lines. And it's a consensus um, based on three websites, The Huddle, Fantasy Pros, and Pro Football Focus. And if there's any tie, I typically just give it to Pro Football Focus because they're grading on a much, you know, stricter scale. Right. Graded replay. Yeah. So the I'll give you the top five, and there's actually six of them because there's a tie this year, But I'll, which would be I gave Tampa the, the nod over Baltimore. But it can, goes, I, can I guess? Yeah. You said two of them, but so there's four the others. other ones... Um, Niners, Saints, 
Cowboys got to be in there because Cowboys just get way overrated. Um, you said Tampa. Cardinals sneak in? No. Nope. Cardinals improved a lot. They did improve, though. Um, I'm sure I'm missing one that's obvious. Packers? You're missing, you're missing two that are obvious. Packers up there? Nope. Oh. Oh, Corey Lindsley's gone. Um, shit, I don't know. I don't know any more football teams. Titans? You want to go ahead and name them? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> number one, tied for number one, Cleveland. Yeah, fuck me. Yeah, and you That's knew the that. best of it. You knew yeah. better. Yeah, and, and New Orleans is tied with them, so you got mm-hmm. New Orleans. And, of course, Indy. Yeah, that's still right. In there. I, I keep think, thinking Quentin Nelson's Nelson, going to miss time. But, but I think he's, he's fine. They're saying he's fine, which is, yeah. like, which is everything to that line. So. Yeah. Um, Talk about two teams I don't watch their games. <laughs> like his health is 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 is, ra- is you know driven the ADP of guys like Jonathan Taylor up and down one hundred percent for the last few weeks. Yeah, for a reason. Uh, so they're the number three. Indy is number three. New England mm. gets welcome to this list for the first time. They're number four, and then Tampa mm-hmm. and Baltimore are tied at five. Uh, Kansas City is just outside of this list, which is great to see because. That's the reason they wa- they lost the Super Bowl last mm-hmm. year. They couldn't block. They did a lot in the offseason. We talked about it off the air coming in. Did I tell you all the bets I had on Tampa Bay for the <laughs> no. Super Bowl? No. Dude, so I watched all those Bucks games leading up to the Super Bowl, and I'm like, this is one of the best defensive fronts I've ever seen. I'm just going to throw some money around on point spreads uh, in Bucks' favor because I think they're just going to fucking kick Patrick Mahomes in the head all night. I told Bobby... And I said, dude, I'm going to put 20 bucks on bucks 9, bucks 10, bucks 11, bucks 12, bucks 13. I didn't go high enough. <laughs> I went like 9 through like 16, and they ended up winning by like 17. Those adjusted line bets can really, dude, that's where you can make your hay. Dude, if I would have hit on one of those. Feeling, if you got a big feeling about a, at a football game, and usually it has to start up front, yeah. that's, that's where you can make your money. It's playoffs, man. Up front. Just watch. Just watch the game, and you're just like, look at the front front five on this side, front five, front seven, eight on the other side, and just be like, this. these people over here, if, if they're obviously getting their ass kicked, like, and the Bucks were doing it to everybody, the Packers, they kicked the Packers' shit in. Well, the Bucks got healthy, too, mm-hmm. uh, right as the playoffs started kicking in, and then the Chiefs weren't playing against good defensive fronts when no. they got there. So that's why it was a little bit deceiving if you saw the Chiefs you know, up against Cleveland, who had a decent defensive front, going to be way better this year. But you also, you know, watched him against Buffaloes, again, a decent defensive front, but nothing, nothing like the Bucks were bringing no. to the table. And so, uh, well, we were saying Kansas City upgraded because of that. They got Orlando Brown mm-hmm. traded for him. That's great. That's great move. Over, I think he was the last draft pick or one of the last draft picks when he was coming out for uh, Baltimore. Got him. Drafted Creed Humphrey, who I can tell you is somebody who followed Oklahoma football all the time. When he was a true freshman, they were they were saying, and he wasn't even playing yet. And they're saying this is the smartest offensive. They're all the line coach and Lincoln Riley. This is the smartest offensive lineman we've ever seen here. And he was he was a red shirt, mm-hmm. and so of course you know he was out of a sophomore year and could have easily have come out, but he stayed. And he actually lost some. He probably would have been drafted early in the second, maybe late first, had he had he come out. So he kind of cost himself some some money there, but he's. Definitely NFL ready as he walks in. Uh, and then Joe Thumi got a monster contract, got him from the Patriots. And uh, he was the top 10 guard each of the last three years. So anything that you saw, any statue reading from Kansas City, they haven't really done much else except for got rid of Sammy Watkins. You know, he's not there anymore. Who cares? 
They don't have to. They don't, they don't have to do anything else. Doesn't I mean, matter. But now yeah. they're going to be able to run the ball in the green zone, which we just mentioned earlier that that Clyde Edwards Hilaire's numbers were way, way down because of the touchdown volume. Mm-hmm. He just didn't get it last year. I mean, if you own Clyde Edwards Hilaire and you watched Chiefs football every week, it'd be at the, th- the three yard line. And he's 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 doing one of two things. He's either running the ball on himself or he's throwing it mm-hmm. to Hill or Kelsey. Oh yeah, they did all kinds of weird shovel tight end screen behind the line shit to get Kelsey the ball on the three yard line or Tyreek Hill reverse. Yes, inside the 10, Kelsey and Hill, half the targets. Mm -hmm. Inside the 10. I mean, that's including running everything, not just throwing anything they wanted to do. It was was either 50% going to (laughs) be some random, you know, like you said, uh, a wide receiver reverse to Hardman or Mm -hmm. one of those backup wide receivers are going to get, you know, Robinson or whatever. Yeah. Miko Hardman just on a screen, like... They have so much speed and so much um, just matchup problems whenever you roll Kelsey out there against anybody. If, you force, if you're forcing them to guard Kelsey within this 10 to 15 yards, that is the end zone, there's no one on the other team that can defend Travis Kelsey in that space. No, because they're probably spending two guys trying to guard Hill. That person doesn't exist. So if you just get Tyreek Hill moving laterally, Nicole Hardman moving laterally, or fuck, like Patrick Mahomes can roll out. Like you just the amount of time he's able to buy, yeah, in such a short space. It worked. So it obviously worked. Like there's no there's no critique there. There's no like you did the shit wrong. Like yeah. why aren't you pounding the rock within the five? They just got you moving left and right. And I'm gonna do a little shovel. I'm gonna swing it out to Tyreek Hill. And they had so many touchdowns. I remember watching just playing smart, using the width of the field with their speed and matchups. And now they're going to add that, that element of just mowing you over. Power offensive line. Running up your ass. Um, and so I want to go just touch on a couple, couple more offensive lines of note before we get to the bottom. Uh, Washington is now up to their tide with Buffalo at 16. They saw Charles Leno, or Leno. Uh, he's a solid tackle, reliable. That drafted right tackle Samuel Cosme out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Excellent run blocker. Needs a little work in pass protection. And then the other three starters return and have solid depth. And Washington last year was was in the bottom five. Mm-hmm. So you start looking at your Washington Redskins, especially the running back. That's a team that you should be paying a lot of attention to in fantasy football. And last year, I was not sold on anybody. I had to see it to believe it. They improved a lot over the year last year, but they even got better in the offseason. Uh, another riser, not ready to you know start popping champagne bottles yet, but Cincinnati, um, they signed right tackle, Riley Rife, mm-hmm. they have they have sucked balls. They've been they've been <laughs> one of the worst right, at right tackle. Uh, he graded above seventy out of a hundred uh, every year, but once since he's been in the league. I think it's nine years he's been in the league. Well, look at that, Michael Jordan at right guard. He's gonna suck. <laughs> <laughs> he's way too old. There, that I think that's the. Uh, let me get. Let's see. Yeah, I think that's their that's their blind spot. Uh, <laughs> But but it's it's encouraging that they came back after Jamar Chase after you know I was screaming like why aren't you drafting offensive line yeah and they drafted that Jackson Carmen guy out of Clemson in round two he's going to play right guard now and probably move to tackle in the near future because they're probably going to draft one in the first round next year I would, I would imagine the center Trey Hopkins average at best and left guard is a complete fucking disaster but they did add two other pieces late in the draft you know I think round six and round seven so the fact that they're addressing it is encouraging. I think they probably should have done more. I'm not sure they should have drafted Jamar Chase, but I'm assuming that next year that is priority number one. Once because now they have they can't. I can't imagine needing another receiver, right? 
No. I mean, I don't him. know what Boyd's contract status is, but you could be fine. You'd be fine with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins yeah. and yeah. fucking Auden Tate, whatever, man. Maybe it may be a tight end on offense, but uh, I, you know, I think yeah. Mixon is definitely there for another year. Would have been interesting if Pitts got to them what they would have done. Yeah, because that would have been a game changer. Jamar Chase is awesome, one hundred percent. But whenever you start putting in waves and different way, different uh, areas of the field, you can deploy. A blue chipper, which is Pitts, versus a blue chipper that is Chase. Um, obviously, there's some Burrow, you know, connection with Chase, or a lot of Burrow connection with Chase. One of the best college football seasons we've ever seen. But I would have been very interested if they're sitting there with Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts on the board, yeah, and, and what they would have done. So you went a pick before Chase, right? Yeah, I went four. They could have traded up to get him, but yeah, and everyone had them pegged for uh, Penny Sewell. Yeah, um, yep. and so they said, <laughs> "Nope, I'm good." Which is which is very interesting, and Penny Sewell hasn't been as good as I think people wanted him to be, um, at least out of camp. But just give it a year; that dude's going to be awesome. It's starting to right tackle, I think, for the Lions right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because the Bengals have been such dog shit up front, like starting Billy Price, who's like unstartable, and these yeah. different characters they're rolling out. But you come into each season, and it's never... Offensive line is not about stars. Like, you need a good left tackle. That's obvious. Everyone knows that. The rest of it, it's how well you play together. Mm-hmm. Can you run the block? Can you gel? Can you create creases? It's not about, well, this guy's a 95, according to Pro Football Focus. Why is their offensive line bad? That's not how it works at all. At all. It's all about the five that are up there and how they play together. It's important that you don't really suck at either pass or run. I mean, like, mm-hmm. if you're at least, you know, if you're at least in the high 50s, low 60s at both, good, good, great. Mm-hmm. Now how can you play together? Yeah. Um, I didn't mention them, but you you, know, you brought up Detroit. They are, because they, they've been creeping up this list every year slowly. Mm-hmm. They're 11th. Um, I think that's low. <laughs> that's low to me. I, I think it's more because of what they haven't been. They've just slowly been it, it not really... They finally added a rookie, but like you know, they don't want to. I think on these on this list, and especially with pretty much all of them at Pro Football Focus um, specifically, it doesn't go too crazy about rookies. Yeah, want to see it. Well, they, they just they just know everyone's going to struggle, so they take the discount, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they don't double count it. Like a lot of people are just like, oh, well, just this is a wash year. They're just like, hey, half the season, this rookie's probably going to suck. They're probably going to be, and look at all the tackles last year, right? Tristan Wirth was awesome, but Andrew Thomas was not good for the Giants, like to the point where you're like kind of questioning, like, do I have this left tackle thing locked down or do we need to bounce him over and fill this in? Rookie tackles usually are not as good as Tristan Tristan Wirth. Like it just they just aren't. So it's very rare. So if Pinay Sewell's even close to that, that's a home run. And then the Chargers, of course, you know, mm-hmm. pretty obvious that they've improved. Ton of char- ton of changes in the off season, free agency and in the draft. They're sitting at nineteen, which is safely out of the dead zone. Yeah. Um. Uh, now I get to Vegas, who was also they were tied with Cincinnati here at twenty second. Vegas down fourteen spots from last year. Dude, they just hit reset on that thing. I don't. I don't it was shocking because that was they were they were in top ten last year, and Colton Miller. He's the ve- best one. Right. Been very good at pass protection. Very bad at run blocking. He's there at left tackle. Um, Alex Leatherwood, they drafted him at number 17 overall. <laughs> Reach. Out of Alabama. Um, 
Richie Incognito is going to play five games and then get hurt. He's still alive. Back again at left guard, but he's been solid his whole career. We'll see if he can still stand after eight games. Um, and then right guard, uh, Denzel Good. Mm-hmm. He is considered below average. He played nearly every snap next year, but they didn't have enough money in the cap to upgrade that position. And then they traded aging center Rodney Hudson and got to be a little bit excited about getting rid- getting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting rid of him. So I'm just... Uh, did they get Rodney Hudson? They traded for him. I can't even they they let him one. go to Arizona. Yeah, they let him go to Arizona. Yeah. So I, when you have Josh Jacobs and you're expecting to same, get the same results as you did last year, you know, if you're in fantasy, just remember that the reason that he was doing so hot was their offensive line was clearing holes for him. And now they've added another running back. I don't. I'm, his stock is down for me. I don't know what he is for you, but I'm not terribly excited about his prospects this year. That's a that's a very um, low key. Don't want to touch that fucking team. Team. I don't want Josh Jacobs necessarily, unless it's at such value that I'm laughing at it about it. I don't want Kenyon Drake. Mm-mm. I don't want John Brown. Uh, only one I want is Waller. Like just Waller. Don't want Derek Carr. Don't want Henry Ruggs. Don't necessarily want uh, who's the big guy, Brian Edwards. That's just kind of a gross fucking team. Like they'll be fine. Like they'll win six, seven, eight games. But I just they're the kind of you know like they beat the Chiefs last year. They're one of those teams that are just they'll just show up on a random Sunday and get on a hot streak for a couple games, mm-hmm. and then they'll just disappear. Defense should be a little bit better, but it's just like fantasy wise, that's just not a team I. No. Why? I mean, Waller is obviously, that's the big one. Like, you're going to get desperate in a PPR league late in the season when everyone's hurt and people are on buys, and you're going to pick up Hunter Renfro. Have you heard of one receiver even targeted in the first ten rounds? From? From the Raiders? Oh, no. I mean, nobody's even talking about him. No. Absolutely not. No. Maybe the worst receiver. It's Waller. Yeah, it's a complete dead zone. It's very, very similar to Detroit for me. Yeah. When you stack all these guys up. Who are pass catchers would fall under the pass catcher title on this team. One of them does not look like the rest of them. It's the same. You're right. That's on pretty much the same description. If you look at those rosters, except mm-hmm. for the Lions have a better offensive line. Lions have a better offensive line, and I think DeAndre Swift is would be the best player in the Raiders tomorrow. I mean, I um, do love Josh Jacobs' talent. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he's, they just. I don't know what the fuck's going on with him. Like, I don't know if he's just like. He had a pop week, and then he would just do nothing the next yeah. week, and he was touchdown dependent a little too much for my taste. I just don't. I don't understand what's going on, with Josh Jacobs. Why they they don't throw to him? They, they don't, don't use they don't, him in the passing. They game. don't throw to him. They just added a guy <sighs> who should be splitting the backfield with him. If you're going to bring in Kenyon Drake, if Kenyon Drake's drafted on your team and you take over as a coach, okay, he's there. Whatever. Like you went out and pursued Kenyon Drake to split your backfield with Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. Why? I don't understand it either. Richard's still there too, right? Uh, Jalen Richard is there, yeah. And two rookies that they they drafted. Uh, I don't get the Josh Jacobs thing. Is it going to be just a one-two situation, or are they going to really split much time? Nobody's really nobody really knows right now. No one knows. They haven't played in the preseason. Yeah, I don't know. Not to this point. Now, now as we're recording this, now they got a game this week. But, he's he's the ultimate running back dead zone guy to me. And he's at the front of it. He starts it. 
He's the he's the conductor of the running back dead zone where I'm like, man, you're going to take this guy thinking you're getting an RB2 and you're going to feel really good about it after you draft, and then I'm going to talk to you week four. And you're going to be begging me for fucking James Robinson or some shit. But what if Gruden just wants him to be the 20% guy to spell him? Kenyon Drake? Yeah. I mean, he didn't have a split last year, did he, with anybody in the backfield? And it was, like, not that good of a year no. <laughs> for Josh Jacobs. It was an okay, you're right. I mean, it was an okay year, and, it, you know, he ended up finishing, what did he finish in fantasy points per game? It wasn't terrible. Yeah, he wasn't, I mean, he's a, he was a low-end RB2, probably, right? Um, so Josh, he's... He, he was a low-end RB1, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, to a McCaffrey, Cook... Kamara, Henry, Chubb, Jones, Taylor, Robinson, Montgomery, Jacobs. So what about tenth mm-hmm. in fantasy points per game? Again, but that was very touchdown dependent. I mean, he barely cracked a thousand yards. Yeah, he had a big balloon on touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Twelve, twelve touchdowns, twelve tutties. Dude, just thirty-three receptions out of a dude that talented. Something in the formula has not changed. Same head coach, same quarterback. Same tight end. Wide receivers are about the same mixture. And like, if Jalen Richard's still on a team, it, it doesn't yeah. look like his snaps are going to go up. Dude, those are – Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders were the two, two guys last year that were the polarizing ones, right? That was like you're either a second or fourth round pick to people, and both of them just fucking dudded out. <laughs> and I liked Josh Jacobs last year. I had yeah. two, and he was great because of oh, those touchdowns, touchdowns yeah. but I know, I know better. There were the weeks where I'm like, oh, my God. Dude, 3.9 yards per carry and that – I mean, yards <laughs> – YPC isn't everything, but you're telling me you did that, and then the offensive line's probably worse. I just, I just don't want Josh Jacobs. Like, no, that's consi- not a guy. I'm. There's so many good wide receivers in that range to me. Considering the average he was getting uh, snaps of his team snaps, you know, he's it was like 13th. I think I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. That's not a good sign, dude. He's and, going and he added Kenyon Drake. He's going ahead of DeAndre Swift. He's going ahead of Terry McLaurin. He's going right behind Keenan Allen. Like, if you can't... He's going way ahead of Allen Robinson. Like, I just... I can't do the Josh Jacobs thing. It's a running back freakout is what it is. I don't want to have that position. You know, if he's early fourth or something, that's when I'm sort of starting to look at him. Dude, he's going... You're not going to get him there. Yeah. He's going 29th overall. You're not going to get him there. Good. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Take this off my hands. Yeah. Take this off my hands, please. And I'm not going to get. I'm not going to dive in too much, but just so you know, we're going forward. Here's our last. I want to give you the last eight. Oh yeah. So we, Jets is going in order from 25th. Jets, Houston, Jacksonville, Miami, and then the. There's like a pretty big cliff between Miami and Chicago. Miami is technically the fifth worst on here, but we always talk about the bottom four: mm-hmm. Chicago, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. New York, mm. and the bottom barrel one is Carolina. Damn. And. I want to remind you that every year we, we sort of go back and look at what the finishers from last year. If you look at the top fantasy finish at running back in 2020, this is fantasy points per game. So even the guys that got injured, we gave them a fair look. Four guys that were in the final top six fantasy points per game finishers, Cook, Kamara, Chubb, Taylor, all came from teams in the preseason top five of O-lines. And guess how many guys from the worst O-lines, this bottom five, how, guess how many of those guys cracked the top ten? Did Mike Davis crack the top ten in West Carolina in the bottom five? Maybe one. Zero. Shit. 
None of those guys cracked the top ten. Again, this is your cheat code yeah. every year for fantasy football if you're trying to decide between one guy or the other. And you, mm-hmm. and, and there, there's sometimes there's circumstances that can put him like Najee Harris is a guy that you could be like, well, he is a third down back. So mm-hmm. there's certain circumstances that you have to pay attention to. But if you're trying to break ties with guys that are very similar. There's your answer. Um, yeah. Now, another way to look at this is you get guys that are that just barely missed out. Mm-hmm. On that top ten in fantasy points per game that had that came from bottom five O lines, four of them. There was four guys that just barely missed it. Joe Mixon, number eleven in fantasy points per game. Chris Carson, number twelve. Miles mm-hmm. Gaskin, number thirteen. Antonio Gibson, number fifteen. Now, not much has changed for any of those guys, except for Antonio Gibson, who mm-hmm. got a big bump in his O line for twenty twenty one. That's the guy I'm targeting this year in pretty much every fucking draft is Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson. But those other guys, I'm totally fine with taking because you know why? They're able to sustain it. They're able to put up production despite those circumstances. And none mm-hmm. of those offensive lines really got any worse over the offseason. So if you want another like a tidbit right there, guys that can have enough production, have enough volume to mm-hmm. get the fantasy production you want, especially yardage, those are the guys I'm looking for that are I'm totally fine with taking if I have to at RB two. With with running back, I think I feel like it's almost become well, at least for me, I feel like it's become too easy <laughs> with how much information's out there. It's okay for in a PPR league or a wild ass PPR league. Are you going to catch fifty balls? It's really hard to be a top ten or top eight running back if you're not going to catch fifty balls. Are you split in the backfield? As your team told me that they don't want to use you that much and they might even want to save you for the playoffs. You know, are you splitting? What's your what's your backfield look like? Uh, offensive line. Do you have a dog shit offensive line that's going to limit your rushing yard totals? Which we talked about this a couple years ago. When you go through and do like freehand projections or just loose like, ah, this, that, I don't know. The thing you need to build your projections off of is yardage. Rushing and receiving. Touchdowns go up and down. They go everywhere. Receptions can go up and down for no reason. You switch a quarterback, you switch an OC, and you get 15 fewer receptions next year that you can't project. You can't, you can't see that coming. So there's no need for me to even worry about it, right? So O-line, do you catch passes? What's your opportunity? If you don't hit all those, you are not a first-round running back to me. You're not. Christian McCaffrey kind of breaks the mold because he catches so many passes that he can go a thousand, a thousand. And his offensive line is so shitty that it's almost a benefit. Yes, he, he they, can catch that many passes. Almost. Right, right. That they need to get the ball out, and he's well. Now their wide receiver room is a little bit stacked uh, with Terrace Marshall and Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel's gone though. So does Christian McCaffrey just do the Curtis, Curtis Samuel shit? You know. Right. Um, but you just look at the list, right? And check the boxes. Okay, Dalvin Cook catches passes. Opportunities there. Good offensive line, right? Derrick Henry. Yeah. yeah. Derrick Henry. He can overcome not catching enough passes. Opportunities there. Offensive line's fine. Kamara. Chubb is the only one that's kind of like, oh, they try and split, but they run so fucking much. They're tilted, right? Zeke, is, Zeke does fall in that category. Yeah. But overall, just a dude I'm not fucking touching. We're going to do a deep dive on these guys. Yeah. Saquon. Offensive line issue. Injury issue as well. Another variable thrown in there, right? He but, just misses every season. Yeah, but he will catch passes. <laughs> but he'll catch passes. And they don't want to split unless they start telling you they're going to split and start ramping him up 
in the first month of his season is going to be, we don't want to run him more than 12 times. That's the shit. Start ruling guys out by this. If you're not comfortable with it, if you can't, Jonathan Taylor, start catching passes, bud. You're in this group. Yeah. Because you don't right now. Yeah. He's a, if you owned him last year, it was a wild ride. Yeah. And then there's some dudes that I'm like, what are we, what is everyone not seeing that I'm seeing? Like Aaron Jones. I'm like, Aaron Jones is like a top five running back. I, I keep, Every fucking year I'm I not, say this. Yeah, yeah, I'm not like so excited about him, but I, I keep popping up. I'm like, well, how can I rate him lower? Because he does everything you really want him to do. Dude, Aaron Jones is so he, awesome. He checks every box. He's so awesome. The only thing about Aaron Jones is they pace him. And they paced him whenever they had Jamal Williams. Which is fine. That's fine. They got A.J. Dillon now. Are they going to throw the ball to A.J. Dillon? I don't, I don't think so. Are they going to want to run the same exact plays with A.J. Dillon? Like, everyone's obsessed with A.J. Dillon because he's got giant quads. He's a hu- humongous human being, but that's a different mixture. The mixture has changed. The formula's changed. What are they going to do about it? Take a side, right? I think they lean on Aaron Jones more because I think they're going all fucking out this season, and they want that first-round buy. They're going, they're, doing, they're going last dance on this. This is the last dance. Yeah. Exactly. You stole, you stole the words out of my mouth. This is, this is, they're going last dance on it, and they're going to try and score 45 fucking points a game. And they're just going to nuke everybody offensively and just hope that it's enough. More on this yeah, in our we'll running get, back segment. We'll, we'll get deeper into this when you start cutting through these, these qualifications to be an RB1. And there's not that many guys, and it's very easy to do. It's, it's gotten to the point where it's very fucking easy to do. Um, okay, next lesson I'll give you is if you're listening to this, you're most likely a random fucking guy. <laughs> you don't work in the league. You don't work on drafts. You don't work at a college. Your job is not talent evaluation. Never rely wholly on your own talent evaluation of a player because you watched him in the fucking Rose Bowl one game. You know what I mean? I mean, this is what happens with Alabama guys. Oh, yeah. Everybody who saw Devontae Smith think he was the only guy that could have come out of Alabama and they don't even know who Jalen Waddle was. They saw him hobbling around, and they don't. Right. I mean, I'm not saying every guy out there is is doing the same thing, but there's a huge chunk of fantasy football players and some analysts out there that that's all they saw and that's all they yeah. know about college football. And some will readily admit that they don't watch any college football and they let other analysts tell them what to do because and they just essentially poo poo every rookie that's coming into the league. I wish I wish we could run like alternate timelines and just like have a career. A rookie season of Najee Harris where he didn't hurdle a guy, and then we live our timeline out and just see where he gets drafted. You know what I mean? And just people saw that moment. Yeah, it was it was living room news on Twitter when Najee Harris hurdled the shit out of a guy at 230, 240 pounds, just being a giant son of a bitch. There's nothing worse than watching in Alabama. You watch them all. I mean, if you know if you're into enough of this, you, you're going to pay attention to Alabama and a handful of teams and try to watch as much as you can. And then when they do something on the big, big stage, you're like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to steal that guy yeah. when it comes to fantasy football. And, and for me, of course, it's Oklahoma and, and some of the Big 12 guys, right. like a David Montgomery when he was coming out. You know, I got yeah. to see a ton of him playing. Right. But I think what, what you're saying is basically, if you, unless you're watching every week, don't, we, the chops are going to be very limited amount, amongst the people that really know what they're talking about. Right. And if, if one of those boxes we're talking about for you is my own talent evaluation of this player and it outweighs opportunity, and opportunity means where the guy was drafted as well, that's a huge indicator of what the league thinks about him or what his th- team thinks about him. Like, you might not think Kadarius Tony is shit, 
he went in the first round, and there were multiple teams wanting to take him in the first round. So maybe his rookie season isn't that good. Maybe it's not. I'm going to try and trade for Kadarius Tony end of this season in Dynasty for cheap. He's one of those guys where I watched him, and I'm mm-hmm. like, man, that guy's fast. He, you know, he, he ought to be, he might be in the NFL someday. Mm-hmm. And then I look on draft boards, because it's just one, it's one sighting of him, yep. you know. And then you're like, first round, and you're like, oh, wow, oh, yep. cool. Yeah, <laughs> so good for you, bud. Cool. So what I was watching was that one time actually was a thing, you yep. know. But I wouldn't have, you know, you would have told me he was a sixth round. I would have been like, oh, okay, there's something out there that I don't, you know, I'm not seeing that I haven't watched. I haven't watched him enough, so I don't right. know. But when I saw that, I'm like, okay, so what, what I'm seeing is an every week thing. Yep. I think I, I 100% called Kyle Pitts halfway through the season before last year. I said, <laughs> I said top 5, 10 pick to Chuck. I'm like, dude, we're going to have a problem next year because there's going to be a tight end that goes top 5, and he's going to be Kyle Pitts, and it's going to fuck everything up. He's going to go like two in dynasty drafts. Jesus. And that dude is... I don't even want to touch him right now. He's too hot. Too hot. Can't even get close. But the point is, you don't know shit about this, or you don't know more than talent evaluators in the league, and if a guy's getting an opportunity, he's good. Trust me, he's good. So don't let your own memories or talent evaluation or what I saw on Saturdays or what I saw for one play in the preseason. Oh, yeah, two Saturdays. I mean, look, like if you're watching a guy every single week of his college career, you're going you're gonna to understand what the guy might have because you know the situation, and you get what they're able to accomplish in a third and eight where they're, and you're, and you're rewinding it. I mean, that's different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, you know, you get credit. If you watch enough football, you have an idea. Right. But, why, yeah, I mean, like I remember when Oklahoma played LSU in the, the semifinal game. I went back and watched every single snap of LSU offenses, mm-hmm. and I watched them over and over and over and over again. And I remember looking at them like, I'm, and I know OU's secondary, like the back of my hand. I know everything. I'm like, Justin Jefferson's going to fucking shred them. Mm-hmm. And I told everybody, I said, load up on Justin Jefferson. And Cash Roy texted me back. He was like, he showed me all that he had. He's like, he believed in what I was saying, and he was like, okay. He's like, Justin Jefferson first touchdown, Jefferson Jefferson over 90-something yards. And I'm like, told him, here's the ones to bet on, and he added on to that. And I'm like, and when it, when it hit, I'm like, yeah, well, that sucked. Because <laughs> I'm such an OU homer. Yeah. But, it, but only those people that you have to know them, though. You have mm-hmm. to really evaluate them. And, and I don't know enough about 95% of the college players out there to make my own evaluation other than what I'm reading. There, there's a handful. Yeah. And for dudes that don't do this for a living – I can't tell you, like last year, I couldn't tell you honestly what Brandon Ayuk was going to do. No. Right? I couldn't either. Like, I know the league thought he was really good, and so that was enough for me that he was a first-round wide receiver for Mm -hmm. a team that I really respect in the 49ers who don't fucking miss. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to take the guy at some point and take a flyer on him. Like, I'm not going to pretend to know what his numbers at Arizona State meant or because he was only running three routes. But I do listen to enough people and here's here's my Rolodex number one PFF Rotoviz CBS Sports um, and then every once in a while I'll sprinkle in like four for four or something like that podcast right but I'll read any if anybody makes a draft guide a fantasy football draft guide I'll read it and just check it out there's probably like random ones that are not good but I just want to see what they're thinking right but I inform myself enough and if a guy is interesting enough and it's a name that I'm not seeing otherwhere or other places. Um, like the generic places, like Javante Williams going into the draft. I was like, I need to go watch this guy. I need to go see what this shit's about. That's exactly what I did. Because it was a split backfield, and the totals aren't crazy. 
And then you realize, okay, he has more broken tackles than basically anybody ever. And he's just a little bowling ball. Out of North Carolina. Yeah, and he's... And he split time in the backfield. And he's like the youngest player in this draft. And he just destroyed, like, Miami. Okay. Let me go. Let me figure out Javante Williams. Then you watch him this preseason. He's doing the same shit. Oh, my God. He's doing the same shit. Yeah. He just the, plows through people and breaks tackles. The first carry that I saw him run the football, I think it was before he even watched his college tape, was against the Vikings in the preseason. And mm-hmm. it was, like, immediate, like, whoa. Whoa, that's a different level. And he's, you know, he, you can, he's got that combo. Yeah. Power and speed. Dude, dude so, has got the juice. So, yeah, then I'm like, okay, I need to do this, too. I need to go look at this. And, of course, you're still you're having to trust the evaluation of these teams that they saw everything. Um, and a perfect example of that for me is, is Trey Sermon. I saw pretty much every snap he had in, at Oklahoma, and then you, know, you just saw the highlights at Ohio State. But what I don't know is how the fuck are they going to use him in San Francisco? I think he works out perfectly in the system, but do I trust Shanahan? I don't I, trust Kyle Shanahan. I don't at all. Not with a running back. Like I'll take Mostert if he starts slipping and sliding a little bit. I mean, no, we're both. I think we're both Raheem Mostert guys. Yes. When we, last year we were like fifth, sixth round. Like mm-hmm. you're an idiot if you don't take him. And we were right, but he got hurt. But he got hurt. Which is a thing. If you're trying to win the fucking league, sometimes you're taking dudes that are on that razor's edge. Raheem Mostert is injury prone. Take care of yourself. And he's 29. Yeah, and he's older now. And but he's also like the fastest fucking player in football on a team that will scheme your ass into wide open holes or down the field open. That is a team where running back speed, long speed, does matter. It does because they pop that hole, and there's a lot of open holes where you're at least five yards before you're having to shake a first defender. So could Raheem Mostert tear his fucking hamstring week two? And I don't even remember their depth chart at this point because Tevin Coleman's gone. Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman's in there. I love Wayne Gallman, but <laughs> yeah, Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman got some wins last year yeah. out of nowhere. Whenever Saquon went out, and Trey Sermon becomes a fifteen touch a game guy, one hundred percent could happen. Am I gonna spend what looks like a eighth round pick on Trey Sermon right now? Oh, eighth round sounds pretty good, but I, I think you're not gonna get him. I have him here. He is fantasy football calculator. He is the last pick in the sixth round. Oh, shit. He's 91 overall in uh, Fantasy Pros. So I'll take him at that price. <laughs> or I'll consider it. I probably would, too, yeah. Uh, at, at this point, I'm probably still grabbing wide receivers I'm in love with because he's going before Chenault, oh, okay. Waddle. Because we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about all this, and I, what, I think we should, what people do want to hear, and we do this every year, is sort of break down draft strategy. Mm-hmm. You want to swing through some of these picks? I mean, we know what everybody's going to do in the first four or five, essentially. You're going to get one of those top-end running backs. Yeah, so first four picks right now. Five. First five. Jesus, six, seven. I'm not on just RB, am I? No, okay. First seven picks right now. According to Fantasy Pros are RBs. How Nick Chubb slips in there, I'm not sure. I'm a huge Nick Chubb guy, but I was a huge Nick Chubb guy at the end of the first, start of the second last year. I like him in the. Uh, he's a, one he's of my fifth guys. Fifth overall, fifth overall on this dude doesn't catch passes. Well, for you it doesn't matter, but <laughs> in a PPR league, I get it, right? But, yeah. But you have to, you know, as you know, he got hurt last year. Oh yeah. But his production, his his role isn't changing, and he no. was fifth overall in fantasy points per game last year in in a standard scoring league. And considering that one of those games he did get hurt in in the first quarter and against the defense he was about to go, I don't know, 300 yards and five touchdowns against against the Cowboys. I mean, 
Think about that one. If he would have stayed in that game, he's probably fourth in fantasy points per game. Probably. I mean, he's a pillar of my dynasty team. <laughs> like, I love Nick Chubb. That means you have a really good dynasty team. Oh, dude. You want to see this shit? Hold on. <laughs> you, need, you need to see this. You need to see this before we get too far. Championship dynasty team from last year. And I, did, I didn't, sit, didn't sit pat. Switched it up a little bit. All right, so... Nick Chubb, by the way, 30, 23rd in snap count rate last year, which means he's way down there. But that's not changing. No. Number fifth in PP, P, PFF grade. Number five fantasy points per game, like yeah. I just said. Dude. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're only touching the ball 15 times a game when you rip off seven you, yards a carry. When you're that good, he is as safe as it gets. He's he's Derrick Henry. He's Derrick Henry. Like except they have another back and they like to use both of them a lot with a better offensive line. Yeah, and a better offensive line. That's right. And it doesn't take him eight to ten weeks to ramp up. No, <laughs> like Henry will get your ass beat like the first month of the season usually because he's just like eh, I'm kind of here, but you know whatever, just warming up. And Nick Chubb is like. Here's the juice. Like, I'm. If you're not tackling me, if you're not bringing two guys to me, like I'm ripping through your defense about 25 times this game, and you're fucked, buddy. And you're gonna be lucky if I don't score two touchdowns on you. Like Nick Chubb is one of the baddest motherfuckers in the NFL. Fifth overall is. I thought we. I thought people played more PPR leagues than that. <laughs> time, you know what I mean? But in the standard scoring, though, are you, I mean, I know it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but like. Let's say the Fox League, which is, as of now, standard scoring. Yeah. I mean, if I have the fifth pick in the Fox League, I'll take him or Jonathan Taylor or Aaron Jones. I'll have to think really hard on it. Those are my guys. I'm, I'm that thinking, range. Yeah. I would, I'd, again, I got Chubb for dirt cheap in my auction league, and I was laughing. So here's the greatest dynasty team that anyone's ever built. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson at quarterback. Dalvin Cook, RB1. Fucker. Nick Chubb. RB2. You're already winning the league at that point. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver one. How many guys are in this league? Uh, 10 or 12 teams. I think is, it's 10. Is this Chuck's league or no? No, this is uh, Bobby's league. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver one. Robert Woods, wide receiver two. Darren Waller, tight end one. Aaron Jones, flex. What the hell? Allen Robinson, flex. <laughs> I want to know who you're playing with. And I want to be in that league. It's a bunch of idiots. I don't, I, want to, I don't want to be in the league because then I'd be starting playing you yeah. and I wouldn't even have a chance to get you. Those yeah, guys. you don't want This shit's over. I'm, How many guys I feel, you get to keep? I feel bad. I mean, you keep the whole roster. It's oh, good dynasty. God. You're going to win. Yeah. You're going to roll off three fantasy titles with that. Probably. I hope so. They got Moster just hanging out on the bench. God. If it's 10-team league, I can sort of see it, but 12-team league, no. Terrace Marshall just hanging out on the bench for fun. Um, yeah, that's this is a fucking... Put this shit in the Louvre. Like, <laughs> like this is a work of art. Aaron Jones just can't get in my top two RBs. Just can't fit him in. He's, I have him number <laughs> seven overall this year. Yeah, yeah. God. Uh, we, okay. I, went, I went through it the other day, and I was looking at Bobby's roster. We went, we went by the Ringer's top 50 NFL players. And I looked at Bobby's roster and his dad's combined roster. And they had two players in the top 50. And I like, <laughs> I was like, I have more players in the top 50 than no. your daddy and you. Okay, so where does your break off to where you start drafting a non running back? Uh, let's round? see. So, PPR league, or what are we talking? That's the difference to me. Yeah, well, I just try to go standard because I think most people probably play standard or half PPR at the very most. I don't know what the leagues are cut out as now. I don't know. It's a good question. Because the podcasts I listen to act like everything's PPR now. And they're like industry nerds, right? So I don't know. I get half and half on those. Yeah, it might be 50-50. Um, so 
after five, that's when I start looking up. Okay, is this a tight end premium or is this a? I start thinking about Kelsey. I start thinking about Devontae Adams. I start thinking about Stefan Diggs after about five or six. Because I'm not very comfortable with Zeke as my RB1. I'm not very comfortable with Saquon Barkley as my RB1, to be perfectly honest. If I can avoid those guys because I'm drafting in a spot where I don't have to touch them, I love it. Uh, I'd, I'd rather pick ninth than sixth. Let me tell you that. Yes, I agree with that. I'd much rather pick ninth than sixth. Six is kind of where I would don't want to. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I'm just not. He doesn't catch enough passes. And Frank Reich is a fucking nut job when it comes to bouncing running backs. And by the way, Marlon Mack mm-hmm. is in the picture this year and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to own Jonathan Taylor, but I want Jonathan Taylor, like, if I'm drafting 12th, I want Jonathan Taylor and my wide receiver one, so these, Diggs or somebody. Yeah. So these are all the tough decisions you're having to make. And. Like you said, you want to pick ninth, you're guaranteed to get a top-end receiver, or if you're lucky enough, Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck around with Patrick Mahomes. It's stupid. That's Never. Too early. Never. Um, but, yeah, I mean, all this. When are you jumping off the RB wagon? Do I really want to take a receiver at eight overall? Is Devontae Adams worth it? Is I'd take really Devontae Adams. I would 100% take Devontae Adams at eight overall. I honestly don't want to have to make that decision. I definitely take Kelsey at eight overall too. I'm probably taking Devontae Adams at eight. I might. It's possible that I would take Saquon. That's a real tough one for me. But I think if I get Devontae there, I'm gonna get whatever I want. I mean, you're not gonna have a bad choice coming back at you, Mm -hmm. right? You're gonna either have one of those top three or four wide receivers, or you're gonna get a you know Gibson, Mixon. Even if you like J.K. Dobbins that much, even Clyde, Najee mm-hmm. Harris, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon, what are any of those guys? Tyreek, who's probably yeah, he's probably going to be gone by then. But yeah. I'm I'm almost to the point where if I get to like the sixth or seventh pick, I I want to trade down. <laughs> like I want to get out of six or seven, just because seven or eight. I want somebody to go Devonta Adams before I have to make that decision. To be honest with you, yeah, I want somebody to take Saquon Barkley before I have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two that I don't want to have to take. Right. I only, the only reason I say that about Devonta Adams is because it's really hard to repeat what he did last year. Yeah, you but know? he's and, done and, that shit every year on a per-game basis. Is like it ever, three. Let me ask you this. Have you ever taken a receiver that high and you're like, oh, I'm glad I did that at the, at, by the end of the year? It never works out. Those receivers I, never are worth it. They never end up doing what you thought they would. Antonio Brown was sort of the, he was the poster child for that. But it was ever worth taking him like three overall at one year? Yeah, wide receivers are very – it's very difficult for a top four wide receiver to end up in the top four again. It just doesn't happen, man. I, and I don't De- – Devontae, Devontae and Tyreek might have broken it. You don't, you, um, don't see the, you don't see the reasons why it won't happen again until it happens. And then you're like, oh, I guess I should have understood that that's just not yeah, I mean, if you took happen. Yeah, if you took Michael Thomas last year, you're like, Jesus Christ, what the hell? Why? Of course, for different reasons for him, but yeah. Right. I mean, I would take Devontae or um, Tyreek. So I'm very comfortable with this top four wide receiver group. We'll get to that in a little bit. But my top four wide receivers, I I know one of my rules is the wide receivers don't repeat the same shit they do all the time. Devontae's proven that wrong. Tyreek's proven that wrong, where they're just 
per game basis, yes, they do. Do they miss a month every other year? Yeah, they do. It's the touchdowns with Devontae Adams and Yim Lake. Yeah, dude, 18 really last year. But, I mean, yeah, you were, it was only 5 and 12 games. You were for that 13. You were for that 10. You were 12. So Not much has changed, yeah. Don't bank on 18. That's the other thing I forgot to mention is uh, we talked about it last year that wide receiver touchdowns were historically low the year before. Last year, I think they were historically high. The pendulum swung hard the other way. So if you're banking on every wide receiver to score 15 touchdowns again, you're going to fucking lose. Start at 10 with the wide receiver ones. And that also goes for when you're figuring out your quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Offense overall was at an insane level last year. Just insane. It was, I think it was probably, well... I don't know. I don't know when fantasy football technically started, but I think it was like the hottest year for, for offense overall. Um, but don't bank on fifteen plus touches for any of these wide receivers. That's dumb. If you're doing a projection, except for, unless you're DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> yeah. Take start at ten, man. Just start at a realistic evaluation and say, how would I feel if this guy only scored ten touchdowns? If Steph, Stephon Diggs only got ten touchdowns? If Tyreek Hill only got ten touchdowns? If Calvin Ridley, who we're going to need to spend a lot of time on <laughs> later. By the way, six cornerbacks taken in the first round in the NFL draft, if that tells you anything. Yeah, I guess Diggs only had eight last year. I thought Diggs had more. Um, he just got so many yards. Dude, man. 166 targets. God damn, Stefan Diggs. <laughs> Good work, dude. That's why you won your fantasy football, our fantasy football yeah, last year. And that's a guy that I wasn't on board with as much as you. I mean, you were like in love with him, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I, I, need, I know he's, I know he's great. Josh Allen, I think, is, I've always liked him, but it's a first year wide receiver it, it, that, or you know, new system. Yep. It's just really hard to bank on it. But um, there's not a ton of dudes right. I feel that way about this season that I'm like. I'm not even going to bring this up because I really want to get this guy in the third or fourth. Mm-hmm. My my wide receiver that's like that this year, my Stefan Diggs from last year, who I'm like, this guy's going to be a top five wide receiver next year. <laughs> Everyone just be cool. Just be cool and let him keep sliding. Is Terry McLaurin. Oh, McLaurin, yeah. Like, there's, there's, these, there's these measurements you can look by. Air yards, targets, okay offensive line. Are they going to score enough points? Uh Terry McLaurin's all the boxes are checked. Kind of like Allen Robinson. He he pretty much just does it no matter what. Yeah, he does it no matter what. They're, those are the two guys where I'm like, if I could hit one of these guys, it unlocks everything. The whole roster if becomes you, yeah. unlocked. There, if I can it, stack one of these dudes who I consider one of the very few wide receiver ones as my wide receiver two, mm-hmm. or even in Fox League and Standard, if I can wait to four, round four, and take Stefan Diggs like last year, it unlocks everything. I'm not sweating my wide receiver, too, for a little while, and I can take even some of these rookies, these guys that are going to ramp up throughout the season. That's the key. Well, the beauty of that of a pick like that is even if they're not, like you said, unlocking it and they still put up what they've been doing, you're fine. Yep. Because they're already going at projection. Mm-hmm. And yep. Terry McLaurin's getting a little bit bumped because the quarterback seems to be a little bit of a bump in terms of just overall yardage production. When he's a dude that locks on wide receivers and he's – yeah, Pe- peppers your ass. But if he does what you're hoping he does, look at Stephon Diggs. Now he's going where Stephon Diggs is this year. He's going mm. four or five receivers even further. Yep. It's there's some there's some ADPs in here that we'll talk about with wide receivers. But to me, the thing that unlocks my entire w- roster is 
in a standard, can I get one of these wide receivers in the fourth that I consider a wide receiver one? Even if everyone else doesn't see it yet, can I find that dude? In a PPR, can I get one of these dudes that I consider a wide receiver one to be my wide receiver two? That unlocks, that's the key. That's what I do in every league. I'm pinpointing, I'm, I have a very short lift list of wide receivers per round. And there's a couple criteria that go in there. There's air yards, there's targets, there's quarterback. Are you going to score enough points? doesn't get more complicated than that. Can you win? Is there potential that he can win my league? Yep. Yep. Stefan Diggs was it last year. Can you year, pop like that? Year before, I had another wide receiver one in Fox League that just carried my ass along. Can't remember who it was. Um, well, Diggs was on. He was the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I just find these, if you hit that guy, everything else is so much easier. So much easier. You're not chasing, you know, just scroll the fuck down here. You're not trying to pull a trade for Tyler Boyd later or some shit like that. Well, the other thing you talk about evaluating, even against your own best judgment sometimes, is, is are the guys that are falling to you where they do check a lot of boxes, and there may be one wart, like David yeah. Montgomery was last mm-hmm. year for you. Yeah, I think you drafted him in Fox, mm-hmm. even though you didn't. You even said on this podcast you didn't like him. I didn't like him. But the running backs are going off the board so fast. Yeah. Well, Fox you, Fox is different to me because I'll give away my winning strategy, which is just hammer fucking running backs three first three rounds and pick the ones I want. That's right. I don't care where. For, been doing it forever in that. Yeah, league. I don't care where. Like if I. I'm going to have a very, in Fox, I'm going to have a very short list of running backs, and they're all going to be high-usage guys. Pass catching doesn't necessarily matter unless they don't do the other shit, and then I'm going to be like, you're going to need to make up your yardage somewhere else. It's, it's, I'm going to have three straight running backs, and I'm going to pick the best one. I'm going to buy this very, very short list in each round. Then I start taking wide receivers or if one of the tight ends falls. That's it in Fox. It's not that complicated to me. It's really not. And I've won three championships in that league. <laughs> Won the last two. Uh, it's not super complicated. And that's my entire argument for PPR or tight end premium or different strategies. It gives people different ways to win the league. That's my entire argument for PPR is you can win it doing a bunch of different shit. My argument against PPR is obviously, if you've heard me Chuck going back and forth and this probably <laughs> posting on it, but it's just, I like the idea of, well, how much are we devaluing running like a guy like Derrick Henry who, why he may be a one-trick pony, he's the only guy doing it, and he does it better than everybody else, and immediately you throw him in a PPR league, and he's devalued by like five or six positions. And, I, and, and another reason for that that I think I don't like PPR is because he's only going to be at that level for four, three or four years, and then he's gone. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and I, I just want to, I don't know, it's, it's just like almost devaluing their value in terms of marketability. And I think if there's something, I don't know, to me, there's something inherently wrong about it. It's just like, you know, more and more pass. We don't always need more. Um, it's a whole long, a whole longer discussion. We don't have to get into it because we have a lot of other things to talk about. But it's probably a stance that we'll never change on, you know, in terms of our beliefs in fantasy football. Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, you give me the rules, lay them in front of me, and I'll decide if I want to play. And if I play, then I'm in, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just got to study up for them and, and, and know how to, you know, you could have, could have an advantage doing it the, the amount that we study and prepare for the, these leagues or why neither one of us have ever finished near last in any league no and if i'm if i start one and three you better be fucking scared because <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna do some weird shit i'm gonna get back in this i'm bringing out the fucking gun yeah to a knife fight yeah exactly because week five if i'm someone gets hurt and i'm down and saquon's out like two years ago 
I'm going to scrap and I'm going to find some shit to get me to the point where this guy comes back. And then you're, then I bring a, then I got my fucking machine gun. Okay. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's, that's the entire thing. If you got some sharks in your league, like be scared if they start bad. Cause they're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to think in my head, I don't have to be good right now. I don't have to freak out. If this league's gone cause injury, the league's gone cause injury. I'm going to go like six and two. Second half of the season, because I'm either going to add rookies, I'm going to add dudes that are going to be long term uh, investments, and I'll see you in the playoffs. We'll see how it works in the playoffs. And hey, you know what? One thing, it's like I also start paying attention to other teams that are sucking, mm-hmm. especially down the stretch. I'll even oh, yeah. call them on Sunday and be like, "Hey, you're not fucking paying attention. Put this dude in your lineup." Yeah, I tell you what, man that that'll steal. That's how you steal a fucking league. Yeah. You get you get the people because that those are the those are the players in your league that are, that will piss you off. Yeah, like yeah. I told you how Aaron Hardigan oh. last year just decided yeah. not to start Jerry Judy yeah. when the Broncos had no had no quarterback. Right. If I'd have caught that in time, yeah. And I had her be like, "Hey, just switch this one guy." Mm-hmm. I'd make the playoffs in that league. Like there was yeah. all these little things because I was dealing with like you know Michael Thomas and all this shit. But that's the other shit that being a shark in your league isn't just about your own team. Yep. It's about it, look at those other rosters. Oh yeah. How can I gain an advantage? That that I'm you know otherwise I normally wouldn't mm-hmm. care about if I'm ten and two. Yeah, you need you need a text thread or an email chain. Get those trades working. League. You know when, and you can even start the conversation and then duck the fuck out. I do that in Dynasty all the time, right? It's like someone gets hurt or a report comes up, and I'm just like, oh man, that sucks. And then everyone just starts jumping on it, get a little anxiety going, a little doubt in this guy's mind that this guy might not be that good. And oh shit, like Clyde has. Edwards Alaire isn't that good. Look at last year. Like, ah, he's right. You gotta gotta know your league. You gotta know the other owners. They're gonna freak out. You think you do that on a uh, email chain? Think about what it's like in an auction. Oh God! Like every player that comes up, they're a fucking league winner if you're auctioning it off. I'm like, who? I can't yeah. believe you guys are <laughs> Jamar Chase. He's gonna win you your league. Yeah. The, he's the best. He's number five over. You just you're you're selling him yeah. as high as you possibly can. I, you look at the Ryan. Why aren't you bidding on this guy? You know you look. He's like you're, he's like forty. You're at forty. Forty. You what the LSU? You don't even like no, 45, 40. That's how you do it in auction. Yeah. You just basically throw out players you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> and you hype up all the players you don't like. And then when it comes time to bid at the very end, you just start like kind of piping in there. Okay, one hundred five. Yeah. <laughs> you just wait until everybody's sort of dying off, and you jump in there. Yeah, I think I be really good at an auction now yeah, like you first first couple years i don't know if i would have been good because i just need like a lot of focus i need to know like what i think about this guy what you think about this guy what the next guy drafting thinks about this guy and if i start a run somewhere else like do i think that guy will get back like that's that's so much of well they're all out of order yeah that's the yeah thing. oh yeah they're all over every list yeah uh and it's it's know the other drivers Yes. On the road. 100%. I know what this guy in this other lane's doing. I know exactly what this guy's doing. I put away, I basically come into an auction and I have 95% of my research done. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even look at my computer. I, in fact, I actually have to give it away because, they have to, <laughs> because they're running it right. to run the board. You yeah. know, it's all automated. So I'm going in there and I'm like, I, all I have is my list of players on sheet of paper. I'm not looking at a computer unless I need unless there's maybe some depth chart or injury information. I just want to d- double check yeah. when the guy's coming up. But all I do and I just I just read the room. Yep. All I'm doing is reading the room and I stare at that board and look at the stickers 
and look at the colors and see who needs a running back. How much can I do? I think how much money do I have left? How much money does he have left? I'm just, that's all I'm doing is studying mm-hmm. those guys. Yep. And that's how you win in an auction league is pay attention to the board. Yeah. See, that's that's super valuable that people don't always do because the new draft rooms, a lot of them don't have draft grid, right? Or per roster, like that's a necessity. Where if you're this running shit, a league, yeah, where this shit went, either auction or snake. If you know the two guys behind you, you're picking third, and it's coming back the other end. And the two guys behind you already took tight ends. You don't gotta take that tight end right now, bud. No, you don't got to. Listen, he might take a t- try to double up a tight end, yeah. but if it's in the fourth, go ahead, fourth and fifth round, th- please, dude. You do that, I'm gonna take the wide receiver you should have taken and cut mm. your fucking throat. Yeah, and being on the, be- yes, being on the end. Being on near the hook, mm. either at nine or ten or even eleven, that's the best. Yeah, because you can you gain advantages like that that yes. other people don't have in the middle rounds. Yep, and it's and it's kind of like why I always want to be on the ends. Yeah, I don't like being in the middle. I hate it. It's it takes away my advantage. Depends on the year in the player pool, and I mean, I mean yeah. obviously, if you're really really getting specific, where ADP where ADP on a guy is for me a lot of I don't mind being in the middles because, like I said, I can I can usually find that skeleton key wide receiver that I want, even if I'm going to reach a little bit. If I'm on the end, sometimes it's not an option. I'm like, you're okay, reaching for guys. I, yeah, I got I to gotta take this guy. Otherwise, yeah. I'm waiting 20 picks till he comes back to me. And There's advantages and disadvantages to both. Yeah, if I'm in the middle of a round, I can reach a little bit. I can reach half rounds. Right or ten up to ten picks or whatever, and just not okay, not freak out about it. Um, if I'm on the ends, I feel like I'm I end up reaching for position a lot. Um, but I've obviously made it work. It's fine. Drafted everywhere over the last couple of years. I have second pick in wild ass PPR league in a couple of weeks, which is very lucky. Uh, Fox, we don't have our draft order yet, but second in wild ass PPR league means Devonte Adams. So, let's go Packers. Let's do this shit again. Let's <laughs> you know, let's rev this up and hope he doesn't get hurt. Um, but okay, did you want to? I don't think we need to do a mock. No, we sort of went over it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we went over it. Basically, we just know that uh, we're jumping off at running back, probably right after Aaron Jones. I think between Aaron Jones and Saquon, I, I you you said before Zeke, but I, I'm I'm actually probably going to grab Zeke before I change to another position. I'm just, I'll, I'm get, just, I'll get into Zeke later. Yeah, we'll break down Zeke and yeah. But first, first round. Uh, oh, let me pull that back up. Yeah, six pick. I'm gonna start depending on what league it is. If it's PPR, if it's wild ass PPR, if it's half or standard. I've I've got my mind made up. If one of these fuckheads in front of me messes up, one of these five running backs gets passed here, and drops down. One of my top five gets down there. Or one of my top. If I'm at seven, one of my top six starts dropping down there because someone did jump and get Kelsey. Someone did jump and get Devontae Adams. That shit's already decided. That's so decided before you even do yeah. that, right? Auto call, you're taking a ring. Yeah, it's, it's, it's automatic. Um, I've been through, I've done enough mock drafts where I know. Uh, and then. If you're doing a mock draft, by the way, don't go to some, that's gonna t- some site that's going to take an hour and a half. Just go to Fantasy Pros. Oh, yeah, just go to Fantasy Pros. They do the best at it. It'll take you 10 minutes. You can do the premium thing and you can, like, whatever it is, do trades or whatever. Like, the free one's fine. The free one's perfect. Yeah. Like, you can do, I'll do, I haven't done as many lately because it's really hard to find sites that you can do a dynasty draft 
that you can even do them on that it, like that allow you to do rookie only. You know what I mean without like paying. So I haven't done as many fantasy pros, but now that I got a draft on the second, I got a draft on the sixth. Two weeks leading up to that, I'm gonna draft from those spots. Hundred fucking times, yeah, at least a hundred times. Like, right? It's just gonna happen. I'm gonna see every deviation of what comes back to me at pick twenty four, twenty five in the second, picking from the second spot. Yeah, the, or twenty three. Yeah, there's a ninety nine percent chance you're gonna have seen that when you walk into your draft. Right? Yes, it's one hundred percent. And I'm gonna go. Okay, I really, really like my team. Whenever I go, Devonte, uh, AJ Brown, Darren Waller. If I get that, shit is over for y'all. And the best, the best part about it, too, is that you can go six picks into this thing, and you can be like, okay, what if I would have taken a running back instead? You can just go back out yeah. four picks and then go do it. Right. right. And if you want to throw in one, you know you play in a league with a bunch of idiots, and you want to throw in one first-round quarterback, throw Mahomes in there somewhere and just see what it does. Yeah. See where the, see where the dominoes fall. But especially picking on the ends to me, Knowing how to slot your players, do I want to go hero RB? Do I like the way this works out? Can I get? Can I stack my wide receivers enough, or find that tight end from this spot that I'm picking at? To where I look at my roster and go, you know what? I couldn't have done better there. I could not have done any better there. Under any scenario, are you going wide receiver, wide receiver in this? At the end. Oh yeah, I'm. Like I said, I think the Broncos are a cheat code for me. Broncos backfield. Um, you're so talking, you're talking like fourth round, fifth round kind of thing, where you're getting where you're basically going zero RB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not against. Depending on where, I mean, if you're going, if, if people if people get cute and your draft room is really smart, and they end up taking Aaron Jones and Jonathan Taylor uh, before whatever you're picking eleven twelve right. Like, would I rather have, say, Devontae's there at 12. I'm 12th guy. Say, Devontae's there at 12 and Stephon Diggs or Tyreek Hill or Calvin Ridley. I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver. I will go zero RB. You'll punk it before Antonio Gibson there. Yeah, I have no problem. I have no problem going zero RB this year. Our, our Fox League, pick one through 17 running, running back. backs. Running backs. Because you can start four now with yeah. our extra flex. Yep. And that's what I was faced with last year at 18. Oh, I'm like, God. <laughs> yeah, what am I I mean, Michael Thomas is sitting there. He's still on the board. I'm like, I'm yeah. looking around. I'm like, is this real? Yeah. So was Travis Kelsey. I mean, yeah. I, they were all. Everybody was there. Yep. It was, we were. All, I was on either RB18 mm. or take your pick at every other position. Yeah, you. you at that you, point, you can't be stupid. Was I picking right in front of you? Uh, I think two in front of me. You okay. were three in front of me. You so were, I took Montgomery worst. in the third. Yeah. Which I fucking hated. But the year before that, I did Chris Carson in the third worked out right so you just got to find that one running back and that league it's so fucking it's so tilted it's weird man the board is all fucked up that's kind of why i love it yeah i don't know what to expect on draft day ever right but if you're but if you're the guy that if you're pick 18 you're like okay we're into the running back dead zone now i said i wasn't gonna do this i think i can get this fourth round running back a little bit later but do i need to Am I about to take my fourth round running back right now? <laughs> like, no. Am I about to take Raheem Mostert? I like, can't do that. Yeah. You know? There was no way I was doing that. Like, am I, am I about to 
take Miles Sanders right here is like that is a thing I'm about to do. No fucking way. Like you start I, losing your mind in that league. I saw, yeah, I'm like, okay, no, I have to be smart here. Yeah, it's not like the scoring is much any different than, from running back to wide receiver. It's literally because of the roster. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're sitting there and you're like, am I about to take fucking Cream Hunt? Like, what are we doing? What are we doing, guys? <laughs> like, shit. Or do you have faith in yourself that you can find? Broncos backfield. Can you pick point, out the winner in the Rams backfield a little bit later? Like at that point, you're looking at points. Yep. You're looking at points, and is this necessary to keep doing going along with the trend? Yeah, I mean, like, you're right. Like the back end, those middle running backs. It's 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 about getting the right one. You said mm-hmm. you like going two. So a lot of guys will say against that. They'll say just try to get the right one mm-hmm. as opposed to using two draft picks to get an entire backfield. Yeah, I mean the way these dudes miss games, or it might have been last year. Just dudes were just missing games, right? Whether it was COVID or soft tissue just stuff, pacing themselves throughout the season, soft tissue stuff. Like, if you're gonna take a dude you're uncomfortable with, which after what pick forty, you're uncomfortable after pick <laughs> for me after about pick thirty, whoever Swift is thirty three, I'm uncomfortable with running back for a little while. Yeah, right? James Robinson now is vaulted into that comfortable yeah. zone, yep. but yep. like Miles Sanders, I don't really right. Like, care. why aren't you taking? Rojo and Leonard Floyd or uh, Leonard Fournette. Like, why aren't you taking Javante and Melvin Gordon? I don't. I'm not taking a Tampa Bay Buccaneer this year. No, I'm not, not touching backfield. No. Not touching at all. But like, why? Why aren't you owning a backfield to make sure you have a starter every week? It's either that because if you are going zero RB, now you're like, okay, now I need to take multiple guys from and just hope they don't get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different philosophies there. Yeah. Um, no, I think I think I'm ready to jump into these running backs, man. Okay, let's jump into running backs then. Stay home with our 